1: Glenn Back to Blaze Radio Network. All right, well, I want to introduce you to somebody. Uh, his name is Paul Blair. Um, he's a guy who's running for the uh, Senate seat in Oklahoma. The, there's a runoff election coming up on Tuesday. Um, if you're just north of Oklahoma City in the Edmond area, um, Paul Blair, um, you might recognize the name. He was former player in the NFL, uh, and now he's a pastor at the Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond. He is one of the very few people that are running for any office that have the endorsement of Ted Cruz. Um, He has Ted's. He has Jerry Boykin, uh, David Barton, Tom Coburn, Ken Cuccinelli. I mean, there's a lot of people pulling for him at the state level. Paul Blair for OK.com. Paul, welcome to the program.
0: It's always a pleasure to get a phone call from the Oval Office on a Thursday morning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) especially this one. You don't want one from the other one. Um, Absolutely. Paul,
0: Paul, um, uh,
1: you are a guy that, and I had you on the show, I don't know, about six months ago. Yeah. And you said, you know, I'm a pastor, and, you know, I really believe, and we teach the Constitution, uh, you know, at our church. And I said, really? And I handed you some chalk, and I said, go ahead, teach one of the lessons, thinking I could Thinking I could trap you and uh, and trip you up, but you got up and taught about a twenty minute lesson mm-hmm. on the Constitution. Why do you teach that at church?
0: Well, our founding fathers understood the natural connection and natural law between civil liberty and religious liberty, and obviously the pastors in that day and age were considered experts on the subject of politics. And by definition, in that era, your politics wasn't necessarily corrupt. Politics, by pure definition, means the art or science of governing or government. And if, in fact, God was the one that established the institution of civil government, then the Bible would have a lot to say about its proper function and limitations. And if pastors were, in fact, experts on things in the Scripture, then they should be experts in politics. And you go back originally, they were. You know, you think uh, you know, Roger Williams was a pastor, was the founder of Rhode Island. You know, Thomas Hooker was a pastor, was the founder of Connecticut. Uh, William Penn was a pastor, was the founder of Pennsylvania. We had pastors that served in the Continental Congress. You know, John Witherspoon, the president of Princeton, was a Presbyterian minister and was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, a very influential member of our founding fathers. So we have, uh, you know, Frederick Muhlenberg, who has a great story. He's a guy that originally didn't want to get very involved in politics until the A British came to New York and burned his church down, then he got very politically active. But he wound up being elected to uh, the very first Congress under the Constitution, and was actually the Speaker of the House that signed the uh, Bill of Rights. So uh, pastors at one time were experts on American civil government, understanding that America came from a Judeo-Christian foundation. In fact, that term in the Declaration of Independence, the laws of nature and nature's God, actually came from sir william blackstone and blackstone's commentaries on law it meant natural law meant the things that are observable in nature and the issues of what is considered right and wrong came from the pages of the bible so while all man has unalienable rights according to our founding fathers belief system no man has a right to do wrong but uh... you know that so so obviously pastors were heavily influential into the founding and formation of our country and Quite frankly, we need a good old-fashioned revival of common sense and morality if we're going to see a restoration of our country.
1: Uh, That's one of the more eloquent and um, uh, well-informed monologues here on our (laughs) founding. When did you, have you always been like this? Or did you uh, pick this up for some reason? When did you become so fascinated with the... The history of the country
0: well you know obviously I had known of Dave David Barton long before we became friends and, and uh, you know, being a pastor I'm all, I'm a student I love to read I love to research and uh, you know Acts 17 11 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible where Paul praised the Bereans for the fact that they listened to him but then they got in the Bible to make sure that he was correct so I'm one of those people that I love to listen but then I'm gonna make sure that uh, what you said is true so, you know, I, I began really studying this. Really, Glenn, it was back in about 2004. I'd only been pastoring about three years. And quite frankly, I was uh, just watching, uh, I was reviewing some sermon notes on a Sunday afternoon, and I saw a couple of television shows back-to-back. I, I saw an old Andy Griffith show uh, back-to-back with a modern commercial for a modern television show, and it really just struck me. Uh, at the time, I was only about 40, but I was amazed at the incredible freefall immorality uh, that had effect, that happened in our country just in my short lifetime. And what, what, what hit me is, was, uh, well, Lord, you're coming soon, but what if the Lord doesn't come for another 20 or 25 years? You know, if the Lord Jesus returns today, then hallelujah. But if he doesn't come for another 25 or 50 years, what kind of America are my children going to be raising my grandchildren in? And what kind of America are my grandchildren going to be forced to raise my great-grandchildren in? Well, that's worth fighting for. You know, when I thought back in Scripture, it's, it's never been left up to the media for cultural change. God never called on educators for cultural change. You go back uh, to to Genesis uh, you know, 5 and you see that God raised up an Enoch to proclaim to, the, to his generation to warn them of their ungodliness and, and challenge them to repent. You go through all the pages of Scripture, it's always been the pastors that were called to do so. And, you go to America's history, it was the Great Awakening, you know, Jonathan Edwards beginning in 1729, going all the way through, through uh, Whitfield and into the 1770s. It was that great spiritual revival that really brought America together and prepared us for that signing of the Declaration of Independence. And then if it wasn't for the pastors of the Black Robe Regiment, there never would have been a, a war for independence. So, you know, I understand the, the, the effect that pastors can have on the culture and we're supposed to have. You know, John Adams once made the statement that uh, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate for the government of any other. A great preacher, Charles Finney, from the 1800s, who led in, in a fight against slavery, made the statement that if our, if our, basically, to summarize, if our politics ever goes to hell, the pastors are responsible for it. So, you know, I, I take that uh, seriously. And, okay. uh, you know, we're trying so. to engage and make a difference. And, you know, my section of the wall is here in the state of Oklahoma. I support my friends in Washington, and of course, Congressman Russell, Congressman Bridenstine, Senator Coburn, Senator Cruz, all these are great men, and uh, I certainly work with them and support them. But there are 12,000 lobbyists inside the Beltway. Uh, Nothing ever seems to change from inside Washington, and we keep looking at Washington to fix things. Generally, Washington's the cause of the problem. So recognizing that it was the states that created Washington to begin with, uh, I am hoping that uh, I can help strengthen the state of Oklahoma and perhaps Oklahoma and Texas and North Carolina and Alabama and some of these stronger states can uh, resist the incredible overreach and tyranny that we're seeing uh, coming out of the Beltway.
1: Okay, so Paul, um, I've got uh, two minutes. Let me just ask you yeah. this. Yeah. You are a big um, uh, uh, education guy. Yep. Common Core, you believe as I do, and many of our listeners do, is a nightmare. Common Core was hijacked, it um, was kicked out of Oklahoma, and then the Republicans and the Democrats hijacked it. Even Democrats are financially supporting your opponent in this runoff. Right. And the teachers' unions are because right. he's pro Common Core, you're not.
0: That's one of many reasons. The special interest came out. uh, He received over $50,000 in funding from special interest just this quarter alone. Uh, And the reason being is they want to buy those people that are in office. They don't want somebody that's going to stand up and do the right thing. So absolutely, uh, education is supposed to be between the parent and the teacher to train up that child. There's no place for the federal government to be involved There's no place in the Constitution where they have the authority, and quite frankly, all they have done since LBJ first introduced the Elementary and Secondary Education Act in in 1965 is make a a bigger and bigger mess out of things. So, yeah, I absolutely want to lead in standing up and saying no to the overreach from D.C. and putting uh, education back in the classroom with the teachers and the parents. They're the ones that are accountable for educating our children.
1: Paul, um, thank you so much for being on. Uh, the, the voting began today. Early voting began today. On Tuesday is the runoff election. Uh, if you want to get involved, Paul Blair for OK dot com. Paul Blair for OK dot com. Paul, thank you so much.
0: Glenn, Pat, Stu, Jeffy, always good talking to you guys. God bless you.
1: Thank you. Um, this is wow. I know. knows stuff. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home.